If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, Episode 7, currently sponsored by Noble Chairs. Thank you, Noble Chairs. We love you. Dun, dun, uh, dun. As always, I am a Suns fan, joined by the great Cinderwin, otherwise known as Cinderin Dota. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just showered. Um, I can't say the same. No, but we've talked hygiene before, and I yes. bring my A game for this, uh, <laughs> for this podcast. So. I'm glad. I'm sure people really appreciate it. Anywho, uh, as always, this podcast is available on pretty much every podcast app, uh, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Just let us know if there's something missing. Um, and give us good ratings, guys, because it really does help. Uh, speaking of ratings, Cinderin. Give us good ratings, whether we deserve them or not. Yes, that no, that's true. If you like Just us, anyway. give us a review. Give us five. If you, you don't us give five us five stars, st- anyway. Yes, I hate, I hate <laughs> these guys so much. On a scale from one to five, I hate them by five stars. I I think that's perfectly fine. Okay, so yeah. why don't you read off the first couple uh, reviews from okay. this week? Where are these from, by the way? Is this all from the same? Yeah, this app is all from page? Apple. Because or... I don't, I could be okay. wrong, but I have not found another podcast app that you can rate stuff like this. It's the only one I okay. can find. So. Let me know if I'm wrong about that, but go ahead. All right. So the first one is called Since Day One, Five Stars by FC Dota. Been a fan of both Sinner and Sons fan for a while now, and I have to say a podcast with both of you is a pleasure to listen to while I work on Tuesdays. <clears throat> with Sons fans shenanigans and Sinner's insight, looking forward to future podcasts. Best of luck from Seattle. I like that you never get credit for insight. Thanks, Valve. Thanks, random Valve employee. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got another one from Arman906. Quality entertainment, mostly five stars. Unfortunately, one is an imbecile and the other doesn't know how to use microphones. Um, all mm-hmm. right, which one do you want to have out of these two? I mean, I already what's know your, which one it is. I mean, I know how to I use mean, a microphone. So. It's up for interpretation. Okay. I'm, I'm I'll the take imbecile. That Even so, two vividly different personalities provide entertaining banter. Until it isn't, I still haven't forgotten the circumcision incident. (laughs) If you're Dota-minded, this is worth a listen. It's free. (laughs) It's a really good transition. (laughs) I haven't forgot the incident. If you're Dota-minded, by the way. Uh, P.S. I believe they missed an opportunity by not calling this podcast horsing around. You can blame Cinderin. Yeah, you can blame Cinderin. Cinderin shot down every horse down. idea. The only thing I, I could get was the logo, was a horse. But what can he do? Basically, we're, it was feeding a dead horse, okay? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. All right, next one is from Mike at Mike, my boy. Okay, I did that right. Uh, PogChamp, five stars. I rate this program five out of five horses, by the way, Lycan. Thank you so much, Mike E, my boy. This Last program. one. We, from this week, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this it's like a radio program. That's what I think of when somebody says that. Uh, last one of the week is from Josh Ferks. What Fierce. a podcast! Five stars. The chemistry between Suns fan and Cinder is like the first time chocolate and peanut butter combining. Both were meant to be together. I enjoy the random on-the-fly segment creations as the podcast builds. What if Cinder had his own segment where he talks about 
what new albums or artists he's checked out recently. Boy, I couldn't think of something more mundane to listen to. Interested in. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't want to hear that garbage. But anyway, thank you for the review. Yeah. Your we don't suggestions have much overlap terrible. overlap in, in music either, I think. Not yeah, that much, that's, at least. that's probably true. Very, very true. Okay. You only listen to like country. So. No, that's definitely not true. Uh, okay. We can get into that sometime, actually. That would be an interesting topic, the differences between us when it comes to music. Uh, all right. Anyway, as people are watching live on Twitch, thank you for joining us uh, every week, Tuesdays for now. It's live at 2 a.m. PST, 11 a.m. CEST. And of course, you can find it later at sunsfan.gg slash podcast. Okay. Sindarin, compared yeah. to last episode, this should be a shorter one, but we've done this before it, or we've extended. It will be. There is no way we fill two hours out with this. You never know. It's not possible. You never know. Okay. Well, unless you start, unless your rant is like an hour and a half, I'm I, ready. So the rant, there's no rant. <laughs> so oh, we can already well, skip <laughs> uh, I do want to give an update about the AGS power ranking. Uh, I, I did a lot of observing and production for the WePlay tournament that was last week. And because of the ridiculously long hours, I didn't really work on the AGS list at all. But fret not i'm working on it now and i what i want to do cinderin is come out with like a rough draft show it to you mm -hmm. and i want to show it to like two or three other pros i don't know if they're okay. willing to go through the list though that's the thing like i'm gonna message people like I mean, no tail i am either uh, you're going to okay you've already offered okay. your services uh, and right. you're a man okay. of your word so understood yes so that's what i want to do uh, but it will it will take some time. It's a lot of uh, mundane work. Let me just say that. <laughs> okay. Did you watch ESL One Birmingham because it was on the opposite schedule of the WePlay tournament? I didn't get to watch any. Of it. I did. I did watch it. Tell me about it, please. I watched quite a lot of the games. Uh, well, I guess. Well, if you want to start with results, the top three is not particularly surprising. Secret, LGD, and EG got the top threes. EG got to the grand finals this time. They actually got there through the winner bracket. They were looking really good this tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, they pretty much aced their group stage. They went 8-2, and two, and they were 8-0, and the last series didn't matter. So they were like experimenting and lost both games, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and then into the winner bracket, they I think they won... Did they win 2-0 in every series in the winner bracket too? No, they 2-1 TNC Predator, and then they 2-0 LGD. And then in the finals, they met Secret, who they lost to 2-3. Two to three. That was a really close and very exciting final. Uh, the games are super good. You should go watch them if, you, if you're if you curious. Um, I am curious. And uh, Secret had a rather slow start to this tournament. They actually started in the lower bracket um, and came the whole way through lower. Uh, they got third place in the group. They started in the group with EG, to be fair, and LGD, the other two top three teams, right? So it's a pretty hard group. Um, but yeah, EG, uh, Secret started a bit slower. They'd been taking apparently a two-week break and hadn't really played much, so they needed to play themselves uh, warm again, and they managed, so... They're still the team to beat, it looks like. They yep. they just grew so much during those few days of group stage and into the lower bracket, and then there you go. How much would so you say this last stuff. patch affected the meta from your perspective? Um, Quite a bit. Like The game is still the same, but the picks are different. And what I mean by this is that we didn't have like any big map changes, right? Like new shrines mm. or shrines removed or locations or new items or stuff like that. So... It's still largely the same game with the same terrain. There was a few minor changes with trees and stuff, but don't really matter that much. So the way that you play the map is still the same, uh, but obviously hero tweaks uh, and some of the general tweaks that we talked about last time 
uh, play a role in how you do laning. We started seeing some more tri-laning, for example, um, which we haven't seen that much of lately, but there's been multiple teams tri-laning. That's characters. why I've been seeing it in my goddamn pubs. God, um, it's miserable playing off-lane against a tri-lane, dude. God, kill me. Okay, that could be my rant. Tri-lanes can be oh, my yeah. rant. Okay. Um... So yeah, we've seen a bit more tri-lanes, and obviously the hero tiers changed a bit. There are some heroes that are bumped up significantly. Both Io, Io is now in CM. That was like a first pick. Uh, Chen is back. If you look at the, you know, you have Dota Plus, right? Do you? No, I don't. Okay. But if you do, <laughs> if you do, yes. in Dota, you can you can go to the heroes tab and you can check the global trends, and then it shows mm. you the development of win rate over the last eight weeks. Oh. And in the last week, Chen's win rate in pubs has gone up fifteen percent. Really. Yes, it went up from 35 or 30. Yeah, something like 35 to 50, which, you know, it sounds balanced when it's 50 percent. But when you look at like the increase in win rate in such a short time, it's absurd. How much well, before this really. last patch, he was considered so, absolute garbage, though, right? Yeah, sure. But it's also, you know, it's also a little bit about like, uh, do people find it fun? Are they actually good at the hero? Like if a hero goes up 15 percent win rate in pubs, there's a really high chance he's insane and competitive, right? Mm these people can play the hero to the limit uh, so a guy like puppy got chen in one of the games in the final uh, against lgd and he just like completely crushed the game so mm. uh, that was one of the changes we've seen some warlock come back i don't know if that's something you're excited about but he's starting to be good again. oh boy oh um, yeah mm. there's a couple of things but yeah centaur okay. is still not very valuable so there you go uh, do Too i look bad. like a centaur player to you i've no not. i've transcended to pango <laughs> Yeah, Pango position four is getting popular. Actually. All right, can I just? So. I'd like to rant a bit, actually. Let's just bring. Oh, let's go. I, okay. I absolutely. So this is maybe a little bit of a, a taste of things to come with the Ags list, Cinderin. And I'm going to be very yeah. stubborn with only only a couple things. One of them is okay. Pango Ags, which I legitimately think is quite good. But okay. there's one caveat caveat to it. Okay, the caveat is the fact that. Pro players, the way that they play him is very difficult to watch as a Pango player myself because I'm very greedy. You know how I play. I go yeah. for the deeps. I go for that high damage. You get the double javelin into Maelstrom, into whatever. I don't go pipe. I don't go crimson guard. I, I hate these items are the worst. You don't do damage, okay. damn it. No, not, so, not as much. So watching Pango in pro games makes me sad because it's not as exciting as it could be. Because he can be a damage and a utility at the same time if you play him right. Yeah. I mean, it, they do play to win, which you don't. So that's you know that I win they, all they my will games. Do the best thing, and you will do the fun thing. <laughs> I mean, the, they don't I, play for fun in there. Even matches. though you're making fun of me, I don't mind that. I like to have fun. Okay, I okay. want to have fun. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make about Ags, if if somehow Ags, how do I explain this the way I want to? So if people played him more DPS. Like I do, mm -hmm. Ags is incredibly good to buy, okay. like as an item. Why is it because the Maelstrom for the Swashbuckle, or well, it's just the fact that so the biggest issue I have when I play Pangler as a DPS, right, mm -hmm. is when I'm in that ball and I'm rolling around. I really want to Swashbuckle, <laughs> but I can't because yeah. it'll take me out of the ball. But this gives me the best of both worlds, right? And then you add that onto yeah. the fact that at 15, which is about the time you get your Ags, you can get that talent as a two second cooldown on shield crash you're just spamming that shit constantly and if you're actually doing damage with your swashbuckle it's actually but insane only but the x is only good if you have damage items first right yes so you don't get it minute 15 or level 15 well i do you would need it you would need a diffusal first and then maybe even an mkb no right? i i the swashbuckle so, to really hurt 
It's a, okay, so this is from my personal experience. I can only read on this, but okay. double javelin into ags, I think is great. You never okay. run out of oh, mana. The, the stats that's are true. incredibly good for this hero. Like you don't run, that's... you get the three mana regen talent and ags, you never need mana again. Maybe arcane boots if you really want. That's but, not a, yeah, that's pretty dude, interesting. I'm telling you. Javelin and not upgrading them, sure. It feels good. Well, you upgrade them after the ags. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could get it. Then you could get it level fifteen. That's what I'm saying. Like you can hit that time. Oh, you're not actually making fun of me. Okay. No. Um. Is it hard to tell? It. Uh, I thought you were being very sarcastic. Actually. <laughs> oh man, I've ruined it. <laughs> I hate you. All right, moving I have this on. Effect on people. They talk to me for like a year, and then they <laughs> think I'm always just fucking around. Oh, I thought you were going to say the opposite. They can never... All right. Well, either way, I, I actually think it's a good axe that it might not be good in competitive just because of the way that Pango plays, right? So mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, anything else about ESL1? Oh, we can talk about the fact that everybody loved the tournament. The crowd was amazing. People are hoping yeah, that a major is there true. next year. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the it seemed like it seemed super good. Obviously, I wasn't there in person, but just the, the experience from watching it on stream, the crowd seemed awesome. People were very happy with the other options that were there at the arena uh you've you've done a good event when the primary criticism you get is that you need to hand in your bags like that was the most negative feedback they got was that bags needed to be handed in and how expensive it was to keep your bag mm -hmm. uh, which yeah you maybe had to pay to keep your bag the, maybe that's what funds the event is <laughs> taking people's bags hey they got to um, make money somehow right yeah uh, actually, I just realized there's one more thing I wanted to mention about this tournament that I didn't do before. Uh, Gambit mm -hmm. got fourth, which is a really good result for them. Mm. Um, they're the second best team in ZIS, uh, arguably behind VP. Some would say right now that they're maybe better currently than VP. Um, VP were not at the LAN, so there's no, uh, you can't directly compare from this event. But yeah, Gambit got a, a, a very respectable fourth place after beating Liquid and Vici Gaming. And then they ended up losing to Secret in the lower bracket, but... And you know, that's they the lost to the winners champs. of the tournament. Yeah. yeah, so they did very well, and it was <clears> it was cool to see. Uh, FNG seems to have taken this team kind of to the next level, and they also qualified for the next major in Epicenter. So that's going to be cool to see how well they do there. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it for for Brum, as they call it. Brum. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to see more events in the UK because the crowd does seem to be. It feels like uh almost an sea type crowd right just very into it you don't get that pretty much any other uh country like if, if you go to ukraine for example you'll get that if there's a ukrainian or a russian team even or any cis team but like sea it doesn't matter who it is they're super into yeah. it and for esl1 birmingham just, it was kind um, of the same i think english sport culture is just like that kind of like the it's soccer very... culture yeah, they kind of they grow up with this sports culture, right? With like watching sports in pubs and uh, going to the game. Uh, football is obviously huge in England. They have some of the best teams in the world. So, like this, the majority of this audience is male, right, and English. So they've probably grown up with uh, with caring a bit about football. And um, yeah, I think I think that just translates and transfers over. Honestly, like if you're part of sports culture, you're also gonna bring part of the way you celebrate sports culture into esports, right? It's just natural. So I think they really they love cheering for plays. They love being loud and energetic, starting chants. Well, I um, think it's also the fact that they've really kind of the been right? they've kind of been deprived of events, right? Not many events in general in the UK. Well, yeah, so like. was so was France, but the. <laughs> <laughs> the MBL major in Paris was not very successful crowd-wise. I, mean, so. I, I can't, I don't know the areas that well, but it could have been 
just not the right city to do it. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, there Paris might be better cities. Big. It is big, but like I don't so, know the actual location and how. I don't know. It like if it's in the it, U.S., it depends on where it is, right? In the U.S., oh, for, for it sure. to be I a would big event. I agree with that. Uh, but it, I mean, if you're having a major in France, I don't think you have a better choice than Paris. That's what I'm thinking. Hmm. Like, because first of all, there's the it's a huge city, right? There's a lot of people there, uh, and if uh, if you look at do do I want to go there as a tourist or not to be at this event? You're like, oh, it's in Paris, you know. Then you maybe you want to go because it's Paris. So I feel like that would probably draw more international so what, people in. What reason do you think still is then for for that one? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a it's a mix probably between pricing. Um, I, as far as I know, the tickets were pretty expensive to to go to the Paris major. Um, maybe time of the year. Maybe the timing was worse than this. I'm not as entirely sure how much that would have played in. Hmm. Um, I guess traveling to Paris is also more expensive than Birmingham, at least for for some of Western Europe. I think traveling to the UK is generally relatively cheap with flights. I guess Ryanair, for example, flies a lot of UK. Like I'm just I'm just kind of guessing here, honestly. But I'm just trying to imagine like what the reasons are. And then of course, I guess for a lot of people, maybe it's like a what do you call that? A stamp of authenticity that it's run by ESL, right? Like then they kind of know what they're going to get. If they've been to other ESL events, they know, okay, this is how these events go. So maybe there's like something fam- familiarity factor. Right. Um, somebody in chat is saying it was in a tent. So the heat was horrible. That obviously doesn't help, but it doesn't, I don't think that, I don't know how much that influences people buying the tickets. I don't know how much information they had about. Yeah. How did people buy tickets like, and just not be? show up? Is that the thing? Or? Yeah. That's, that's the question, right? So I don't know, but yeah, mm. Uh, I've I've always thought like Dota in France is very little, but I thought it was in the UK as well. I was honestly very surprised how filled the crowds were this Birmingham and the previous one. I did not expect it to be that popular. Um, there's a lot of people in the UK, but they've never had a single pro player in Dota 2. Um, mm-hmm. They have personalities though, which I don't know how much that pulls, like uh, Red Eye and Pyrian and. Um, this time we had T Governor on the panel as well. Actually, I'm forgetting one more UK guy, Shane. Uh, there's one more. It's it's not coming to mind right now. Like the, mainly the hosts, right? Machine is UK. Uh, OD Pixel. Mm. There, there it was. That was the one I was forgetting. OD Pixel. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think he was there though. Actually, at least not casting. Right? I could be wrong, but I don't think I heard him. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, okay. That's that's enough about Birmingham. Let's let's move on. Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on this because I know it's a smaller tournament, but I, I do have some interesting things to talk about from my perspective, at least. The We Play Tug of War Dire took place, as I talked about earlier this last week, and I did observing and production, which is like 13, 14-hour days of just straight uh, like streaming, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, newfound respect for observers, by the way. Uh, this is going to sound really bad. I think... Generally, observing at an okay level is very easy, actually, past mm-hmm. the five-minute mark. The first five minutes are so fucking stressful because you <laughs> never know. Sometimes you never know where these kills are coming from. Like, there's always this caster curse. like, oh, noth- this is the lane we don't have to worry about because there's no way anyone's going to die. And they always die in that lane somehow, right? Especially in these regions. Yeah. But... Uh, this was kind of a smaller tournament. It was kind of a, a qualifier for a bigger land. So it was two regions, uh, well, S mm-hmm. South America and America combined into one and yep. SCA and China combined into one. And the winners of those two 
would go on to the 300K Ukraine land that's coming up. Uh, so for Asia, RNG beat Neon Esports 3-0. Was um, oh, so that surprising n- based on no. like, how the tournament So the Chinese yeah. region was much stronger at SCA. Uh, and RNG actually looks quite good. Uh, I was uh-huh. obviously a lot of big names on that team. Neon Esports, oh, they so look they pretty good in... Mm-hmm. So the way this worked was that there was a Chinese side of the bracket and an SEA side of the bracket, and then the best Chinese and the best SEA met in the grand finals yes. only. So there was no crossover apart from right. that. Right, okay. correct. Yeah. So there was a little bit of a drama with like servers and whatnot, especially in the South America region. Um, I think Infamous and who was the and Pain were supposed to meet at a certain point in the semifinals, but there was yeah. some controversy over the server because the rules were changed or something like that. I don't know the exact details. Uh, so Payne just didn't show up for their match. They boycotted it. And as a result, Infamous went to the finals to face J-Storm, who I would consider the heavy favorite. And they, J-Storm got stomped 3-1 by Infamous. And Black played, oh my God, dude. First of all, his Kunkka is God-tier. God-tier Kunkka. And the last game, the deciding game, he played a Tidehunter carry which is like my dream in pubs. This is what I do in pubs. <laughs> my, You've seen this, I'm assuming. It is insane. I, I know how it works. Yeah. Unbelievable. You got Desolator, uh, and of course the the 40% XP talent to get to the 250 damage. You got a crit stick, all that stuff. It's, Dude, it is dirty. It is actually super yeah. dirty if you have the right lineup. It's good. Uh, I pl- I, I've played against one in a competitive game, actually. I played against Nisha's Tide in the qualifiers for... What major would that have been? Two majors ago? So MD, MDL maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, he played carry tide as well in that match. Why is it not a thing? Why is it not more common? Uh, I don't know. I think I think part of it is just that it's a bit niche or niche. Why? Oh, yeah, why that? though? Well, it's either. Both work. Because uh, it's, really, it's not really a stereotypical carry hero, right? So the carry players and what they practice and what they play in pubs and what they're accustomed to, it's very different in play style from that. So I kind of feel like you need a player who... Either you need a captain who's like, okay, we're going to play this, you're going to learn it, and you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Or you need to discover by yourself that this is fun and you enjoy it. So um, to be clear, Black did play at I mid. I said, I mean, it's essentially uh-huh. a carry tie, but he played at mid. Yeah. So you're saying it's more player issue than the hero mm. itself you think the hero could I work defi- i definitely think you can play carry tide in a lot of games that it doesn't get Ooh, picked he's I technically good against almost <clears throat> god sorry about that i need a bit of water i guess how he's dare you almost uh he's good against almost every melee carry in the game right oh His yeah anchor no smash just breaks them and is really strong against them in lane um but yeah looking at this bracket i don't know man i feel like if pain hadn't boycotted this they might have won Possibly, uh, they definitely could have won. So that's well. I think that's a pretty Storm, strong stance to take. I mean, I don't know what happened. Like you, well, J Storm. I'm not sure how much you. They're know. they're going through a little bit of a, the usual NA shuffle, and with any NA shuffle, it ends up Demon as a part of their team, and that's just the normal thing for every team when they're going through <laughs> shuffles. Demons always take part at some point. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, <clears throat> Everybody but, retires. So they bro. obviously haven't played that much together. Um, but I mean, Fear and Demon have played a lot together in the past, right? So they're at least familiar yep. with each other. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a random collection, right? You got Resolution, you got Moo, the old DC squad. Wait, did Demon uh, play in this tournament? Yes, he did. Okay. okay. Yes, indeed. Some questionable plays at best. Uh, but it, I don't know. I was definitely expecting them to win because on paper, they just looked better. 
You know, I've never seen either of these teams play on a competitive, like with these lineups before. So, but Infamous looked looked pretty good. Not too yep. shabby. All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about the one drama of the week. We only got one spicy nugget today, uh, okay. Cinderwin. Sun's nugget. Sun's, yes. Uh, the collector's cash came out, or the vote, I should say. There's 83 yeah. sets. You go in game, you vote, upvote or downvote based on mm-hmm. how you feel. You can, the cool thing is you can see the set and you can play with it in like demo mode. So they've never done anything like that before. That's and nice. it shows all the artists' names, which is awesome. Which, by the way, there's one guy that's literally on 20 sets. I don't know how that's possible. What? I'm not even kidding. It's 15 to 20 sets. It's the same guy. He's Holy like part shit. of the team. Uh, I don't know what he does, but that's incredible. Anywho, the drama is... He makes so, sets. Yes, but I don't know. Like, Does he do the art? Does he do the <laughs> models? Cinderin, can you please stop derailing me? So God. people don't know how the workshop works, I don't think. So we need to explain this. Uh, so the way it works is... You submit the set and you put all you submit the set to the workshop and you put all the names you want attributed to the set and and select the percentages for everybody. Okay. Once that's done, it's in the workshop and you can't really add anything else. Uh, you can update the set technically, but you get a private message from Valve a lot of the time telling them something like needs to change or just letting them know that the set is going in the game. If you get a message from Valve, it's getting in the game. That's how it always works, okay? If you get a message mm-hmm. from Valve, oh, I shouldn't say that. It's 98% of the time. Very, very okay. likely it's getting in the game. So what happened this time, all these 83 uh, collection of people, they got this message from Valve. They all assumed, like, oh, great. So it's coming out. This collector's cash thing is coming out tomorrow. Very happy that our set got in. Then Valve announces the day of when it comes out that it's a vote. So it might not be getting in the game. They thought that they were getting in the game, but it's not the case. So they're very angry about that, which, you know, I mean, Valve and communication, those two things don't really go together. But that's kind of the the issue right now from the workshop Mm -hmm. creator's perspective. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I want to add, I want to add one more thing about this that, could be problematic okay but i'll get to that first so first off like better communication right but this is almost like a broken record they should have known in advance that this is how it was going to be so they don't like th- that feeling of excitement into getting your dreams crushed is almost worse than just getting no message right if it turn if it turns out that they don't get in it's kind of like you got excited over nothing that feeling kind of sucks right um yep I mean, it depends how you look at it. You could also say, okay, we, we got featured. Like, it was definitely good enough because it got featured and got up for voting, but uh, it still sucks, right, when you actually think you got in the game. That's one thing. The thing I want to talk about is how the sets are presented in the game because I think there's a little bit of an element of luck with which order your set shows up in, in the list. Right. There are 83 sets to go through. Is it the same now, order for everyone, though? Uh, I don't know. Can you go, Can you boot your game quickly? Okay. That's a good question. Because what I was thinking was, if this is a set order, then I think being in the middle of the pack or in the last third is a clear disadvantage. Yes. Because people aren't going to scroll through all of these 83 sets. So that would What's mean your first placement set? in this troll. Axe. And then Vistage. Okay, so it's randomized. Good. Yes. That was my biggest concern with this. If it's randomized, which order they appear in, that's that's very good. Um I'm glad they thought about that because that is definitely, you know, 
I think it should just be be random every time you boot the client or something. What should I think it is? Yeah, I think like mine's changed. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, good. That was my concern with it. Then I that then it's only the thing I just said. Because imagine if it was a set order and it was the same for everyone. It would be mm -hmm. so unfair. If you're like fiftieth, it's gonna be so less so many less people seeing your set. But that's great. Then we probably have a lot of votes on all of them. Uh, yeah, I that's think so. Good to know. I mean, I like the I love the idea of the vote. Honestly, I think it's a really cool idea. It's just, I mean, this this doesn't even feel like drama because it's just so clear cut. There's no other side to the story. Like, you just gotta yeah, communicate. The communication just needed to be better, right? So that they know what was happening in advance instead of getting excited over getting in, right? Yeah. It feels like when they submitted the sets to the workshop originally, there was no mention that they were gonna be up for a vote. That's the problem, Correct. right? If they knew that that was gonna was what would happen, then that would be it, right? But yeah. And I wonder I how many sets are getting thing. in. You'll know in the future now. Yeah, right? I so. probably. I'm, I'm uh, interested to see how many sets get in. Collectors cash probably like 40. fifteen, right? I don't think so. Isn't there so two cash? Oh wait, no. There's two like caches, the and big. each of them have right. like fifteen to twenty big. sets. Yes, so here's the right, thing about right. the collectors cash: so yeah. the artists aren't really making that much yeah. money off of these because there's just a ridiculous amount of sets in these caches anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just like a little extra income for most people. Uh, and probably 50% of these sets are getting in. So my guess is that the other 50% will get in at some other point, honestly, Perhaps, down the line. Yeah. It's just, it's so many sets. I don't know if Valve wants to flood the game with that much in such a short time span. Like, putting in this many items is already a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There were two caches last year, right? There was the collector's cache one and two, and they each had 50 normal sets, two rares, one very rare, and one ultra rare. Or something like that. Something. Yeah, along something those along those lines. It's been the last two to three years have been the same. Like a lot of sets. So. Yeah. Uh, I do want to have like a workshop. The, talk the community in vote the is honestly. I think there's there's one thing to this that's pretty interesting because we've had this like discussion right in the past with the community like how far out of character can your cosmetics go? Like, can we have the cowboy hat Ursa back or whatever? And I think the interesting thing about doing this that was... is that the the workshop items uh, or the the workshop artists can experiment with these things, and you can see what people want. This is basically Valve can kind of test the limits of what the mentality is right now. Like, is anything too ridiculous? Well, but um, you can vote I in think... the workshop any normal time, though. You're just saying they're kind of forced to almost. It's because it's, it's in the way client. More, it's way more visible. I guarantee you, there's so many no, more people true. voting on this than than not uh if they wanted I mean, to encourage it more i think this wasn't introduced right there's no achievement for voting exactly yeah no there's but not they could have made it they could have made an achievement vote on 10 sets and vote on oh, all sets would have actually been great because then everybody would go and get involved right then yeah. they would get so much data i'm actually surprised they didn't do that but maybe they didn't think about it well i think some of the data will be f kind of fake i guess is the best way to put it because if you just want to get the quest done real quick you just upvote everything or downvote everything it doesn't matter that's true that's misleading right? So it's you get some not great results potentially, but at least everybody votes. That's got to be a small percentage yeah. of people that would do that. I feel like, uh, mm -hmm. but who knows? Anyway, the the whole workshop. I want to have a, like a very long discussion about this in the future. I'm not sure, sure when. Like, but it, there's okay, a lot on, to the workshop. I'm mm -hmm. just thinking. Okay, I just want to pick your brain on this. How could you make this an achievement in the game where people don't just go to a random set and upvote it and then they're done with it? Like, how would you get real votes if you incentivize it? That's actually a really good point. Like. Can you actually even do this? Was it actually the better move to not give it an achievement? Because then the people that vote actually care. If you make it an achievement, everybody's just going to go and cast whatever. There's like, fuck this, I don't care, man. Just give me my right. points, right? 
so maybe this was better in every way like i'm trying yeah, to I, think of. i can't think of one so right now at all incentivizing people is good but only if you, you can like check that they actually vote for stuff they care about so right yeah i don't know okay it's probably right. for the better what they did so i take that back i mean either way it's still a test bed right it's the first time they've done anything like this so yeah they can take the data and it's true. look upon it next time. Okay, Very true. moving on to the actual last topic before we get into fun stuff to talk about. Dota Auto Chess came out with a custom game pass. I'm going to read what it says in the graphic. Um, no, wait. You have to do it in your voice. Which voice? The voice you used last time when you read out Underlord's lore. Come Really? Can I do a redneck voice? The... <laughs> that might be a little... <laughs> sure. Maybe switch it up every time. Okay. I feel like people Go won't on. understand what I'm saying. Right. Go for it. Do you know what a redneck accent sounds like? Because mine is very I'm exaggerated. Not. But I have a feeling. Golden border of your avatar, golden paint of your chat message, golden effect of your damage projectile. Okay. okay. Daily first was... win bonus, five bonus candy for your first top three, and five bonus candy for your first top one. Okay. <laughs> That's more like a... <laughs> What is that from? Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's from something. I, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm blown away by how pronounced your Fs are when you do Right to vote for the special chess pieces, including new chess pieces, and chess pieces need to be rebalanced. A baby Roshan Courier as your chess player on your first purchase. Eh? Tell you what. Very good. 100% of the game's content will remain available to free tier players. And premium players just receive these quality of life benefits and support the game development. Okay. No, <laughs> it's started, it's getting started more. losing <laughs> syllables now. Well, What's once happening? I haven't practiced that one in a while, but the way that people talk when they're really a hick, a true hick, they stop enunciating correctly and just everything melds together. Something like that. So <laughs> anywho, you get all these benefits that you probably couldn't even understand. Uh if you buy the one, it's $1, right? I don't know. It's $1 a month. Okay. So it's very cheap. And you get like these little cosmetic, you get a courier, like I said, um, and just little different effects from other people that don't. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, this isn't the first time Valve has done Correct. something for a custom game, right? What was the last one? It was like a Roshan something. I can't remember the name. There's been a couple, I think. Uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah, though, there's been a couple like. of I think. Yeah, uh, there was this tower defense, right? That got a uh, was that the first one that got it? Element TD, I think, got some. Did sort they of get defense. one? I think that was the first time. Uh, some for some reason that's coming to mind. But anyway, uh, I think it's fine. Like uh, it's a popular custom game. People play it. The Valve can monetize it. The the developers get. I don't know what the cut is, but uh, regardless, the it's just. Like, why not, rather? Like, what's the argument against this? I think I could of... be wrong about this. I, I'm i not a hundred... I think they get the full dollar. I could be wrong, though. Oh. I don't know where I heard this. I feel like really they good. get the full dollar. But if it's like... Yeah, the workshop, like, Valve keeps 75%. Thing, that would be the only thing in Dota that Valve doesn't take a cut of, then. Correct. Historically, they've taken a cut off everything else. So that would be pretty. That would be very special. That's not true. Autographs. Uh, the well, newer yeah, way true. that they do them. Technically, yes, but at the same time, you know, people are buying the treasure. Right. You can't buy the autograph without the treasure. So Valve still, you know, in a way. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could. I, I don't want to. I don't want to claim something that might be wrong. I'm just saying I might be wrong about that. But I feel like I read that somewhere. Uh, okay. 
that would be very sure. that would be very unusual and very surprising honestly uh i thought maybe there was a different split than the the classic workshop split perhaps but uh, well regardless of who gets the money like what's the downside to this do you have one i can't really think of nope. anything bad about this so i mean it's it incentivizes this is... people to make games yeah uh, if you get selected if you make a good product that people love there's a reward um even if you don't release your own title and yeah it's just you since since you're not paying for any advantage i don't have a problem if it was pay to win i would have a problem with it but it's not so, so the only thing i want to bring up and i know that i feel like i'm being such a negative nancy with everything cinderin i i'm trying not to be negative but this does feel like that extra mile by valve to make sure that people are okay with them so look at it this way. They're going to come out with Dota Underlords or whatever it's called. It's going to be Auto Chess. I, I could be wrong. I feel like no one is going to play Auto Chess. They're going to be playing whatever Valve comes out with. This is like they're... I'm sure that those guys got paid, so they don't care at this point. I could be wrong. This is all speculation. I feel like they got paid. They're happy. And Valve's going to come out with their own game. And then this one will be obsolete, so to speak. So this I'm, is just like a I mean, way that's to, a, that's you know. A, that's a fair point. I mean, it's it's very possible that they're doing it to, you know, I don't want to say make amends. That almost feels like it. Yeah, make, but, no, I know what you're trying to say. I don't know what the right description would uh, be for something like that. They're just trying to make sure, it's like the PR move. Good, it's a very PR thing. Right. Yeah. Keep good relations. And I mean, nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, no, it's great. They, it's they, fine. There's probably, there's probably a reason behind this that has dollar signs on it, but it's a business. So uh, I think that's so totally my, understandable. My opinion is, Drodo number one, I'm pretty sure they're really rich right now. So I think three things happen, and I could be wrong. Again, this is all speculation. When they uh, sold the rights to the auto, I know that they're not working on the mobile game. The other, they're just they uh-huh. licensed the IP, so they got a shit ton of money from that. That's almost 100. percent Number two is this Game Pass, which will help, I'm sure, give a little bit extra income. I don't think it's gonna be a so this g- goes ginormous to Drodo. amount, right? Okay. And then number three. Um, what was I? What was I making a list for? I literally forgot what I was talking about. Agonims. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, shit. What am I listing here? The custom game. Pa- oh, and then the fact that Valve most likely has paid Drodo for the rights, kind of, to make amends or to appease them, so that they can just come out with their own version, right? This this is what I'm a bit unsure about. What it says in the terms of service or whatever you whatever you want to refer to with with dota 2 is if you make a custom game and you put it in dota mm-hmm. what rights do valve own i don't know this but i'm, I'm pretty sure valve owns sure. everything i'm almost positive uh, valve owns everything because then technically you could say they could just they yes. could just be like okay it's our game and yes. not pay them anything for it correct uh, but that would look terrible which is why they're doing this this of is course, the reason just, they're doing I, this. I just i just don't know i don't know what the how it works like what ideas because maybe according to the terms of service, there are some things that Valve own and some that they don't. Uh, but I don't know if they just own everything that's in the game. I'm fairly certain they own everything that's in the game. Doesn't matter. Sadly, Including you said you typically can't copyright a gameplay, just the assets. Right, but, but all of the assets in the game are from Dota, and they're going to be changing so, the game probably to yeah. a point where it's at least a little bit different. I mean, there's a there's a lot of fine lines here for sure. But the point is that mm-hmm. Valve is trying to you know make sure that they're playing this right so nobody gets upset which is it's great and i think the the other thing drodo i i'm fairly certain that they're swimming in money right now so i i don't think it matters to them either 
So it is what it is. I don't know. Of course, we will probably Could never know. Be the swimming in thing. more money. True, that is true. All right, Valve is also swimming in money. Did you know? They print money. Actually, they have their own currency. Uh, it's called Steam yeah. Bucks. <laughs> it is uh, quite lucrative. Let me tell you. All right, Valve coin. So those are the only topics for this week. So I thought we'd do a couple of uh, just random questions, Cinderin, and then we can kind of mm-hmm. wrap this up. Uh, tell us something about yourself that people don't know potentially. Okay. I wrote this and I've I didn't at- even think of my own answer yet. So I'm going to think well, what I, you tell. I can go first then because I can tell the one that I generally tell when people ask me this. Okay. So I'm like, what interesting thing can I tell about myself? Because my life is so mundane and boring and nothing ever happens, right? <laughs> um, but what I can tell is a story from uh, elementary school. So in Denmark, I don't think you have this in the US, but in one year of elementary school, uh, you get mandatory swimming classes as part of school. Uh, I don't know if all schools have this, but a lot of them do in Denmark. I don't remember which grade it is. But anyway, uh, we had this elementary swimming class. And to my knowledge and in my memory, my parents have not taken me swimming before this, Okay, which I guess is pretty unusual. Like most parents take their kids swimming, right? So I go to Mm -hmm. the swimming class and I have like no experience. I don't know how to swim. And the first day is obviously just a fun thing. It's not like really learning anything. It's just free swimming, they called it, where you take all of the... Do you call them bathing animals or whatever and throw them what? into the bathing what animals? You, what, what do you call them? Like the <laughs> like, let's say, for example, you float around on something that looks like a duck. right? Oh, in the, so just what, some what you, flotation device. Uh, I'm sure there's random names for them. A, fl- a float animal. I don't know. Sure. Floaties. Okay. Let's call it a floaty. Floaty. Okay, let's just call okay. it for that. Yeah. Uh, so there's like different ones of those. <laughs> Wait, sorry. And... What did you call it before? <laughs> What a did bathing you... animal? <laughs> what the hell is that? Supposed... Do you put that in your bath? Have you done that before, Sinaran? Uh, no. Okay, move on. I haven't. Continue. It sounds... Yeah, it's true. It doesn't make much sense. Maybe swimming animal then. Whatever you want to call it. Um, so basically we... Yeah, there's like these... They're, they're like different shapes and sizes or whatever. And obviously the... What do you call the... If you're in a swimming hole, what do you call it? Do you call it a basin that you're in? A what? what what's it called? A swimming like hole? Like if you're in a swim... If you're in a swimming hall, right, and you're swimming, what do you call the thing you're swimming in? What is what is a swimming hall? Okay, let's like do do you not can you not go swimming indoors in the U.S. Like don't yes, you have like sports sure. halls that have swimming? Okay, Sport, we, uh, we would call that a swimming hall. I guess you don't have that word. We just call what it a pool. I think thing, <laughs> a pool. Okay, a pool. It's is that what you're pool. referring to? Yeah. Okay, I thought, I thought you were talking about the building. Word, okay, when, sure. I, when I hear a pool, I think about the one you have outside in your backyard. It's but the I'm same thing. About, oh, it's, yeah. Okay. Well, a bigger one I thought had a different name, right? Whatever. Okay. So you're in the pool. <laughs> well, we're making this really complicated <laughs> for no reason. Um, and obviously, when you get out to the middle of the pool and beyond, you can't touch the bottom anymore with your feet. And I don't know how to swim. So deep we're end. just doing this yes. free swimming. Yeah, the deep end, right? Uh, we're just swimming around. And when time is up, we obviously need to get to the edge again. And I am on, I'm out in the middle, basically, and I fall off. And I'm at the deep end, or at least relative to my size at the time, I'm at the deep end. So I can't, and I don't know how to swim. So I start bumping up and down, swallowing water, like blacking out, basically. Uh, kind of, you you know, you go full panic mode. And I got a lot of respect for things like that after that happened. Like, it gives you perspective. And when I was bumping up and down, I was screaming for help, right? I was screaming, help, help. And then one of the girls comes over and grabs my hand and pulls me up. And she's like, 
why didn't you just touch the edge? I was next. I was at the edge of the pool. I could have just grabbed one and pulled myself up. And that's that's what's fucking crazy about panic is that yeah, you just your body just you just lose control of what's going on around you. It's so obvious, right? Like you can just grab on and you're good. But I was crying for help because I had no idea what to do. I was mm-hmm. just total panic mode. Um, so she pulled me up. I felt horrible on the bus ride home. I swallowed so much water. I slept. The moment I got home, I lay down and slept for a couple of hours and felt a lot better after. Um, but yeah, that, that experience, I've had a really hard time since then. I learned swimming very little over that year. Because really? when it comes to like back swimming and getting my head underwater, I feel really uncomfortable. It's like really? basically a traumatic experience, right? Wow. Uh, so I, wow. I just... I. I never, the teachers were trying to convince me to try back swimming. I refused. Like, I just couldn't let go. I couldn't mm. do it. So I just tried a little bit of basic stuff, you know, staying over water, swimming a little bit. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was something. I guess you didn't know that about me. No, but, I did not. That's yeah, interesting. So, I had that experience. so if, do you go swimming? Like, is that no. a normal thing? If, I mean, okay, let's it, let's say you were over my here. Girlfriend, my girlfriend loves swimming. Okay, she's like, let's go to let's go swimming. Right. Let's go swimming. I was like, I don't, I really don't want to. But do you uh, we've ever? Gone a couple of times. Uh, I mean, we've got we've gone before to one of the swimming halls, as we call them in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been there, um, and she enjoys it a lot. I don't enjoy it that much, but I, you know, we've done it a couple of times. Okay, I still think I should probably give it a little bit more of a shot and try to convince myself to learn it a bit better because maybe I would enjoy it, and I think it's also just be good, you know. You would feel better about knowing for sure how to swim in this, in case it would ever become necessary, right? Right. Um, no, that that's very interesting. Yeah. So, have you been to the beach yeah. before? Any beach? Yes, yes, we have. And you've been in the water, Denmark. Uh, yeah, I have. I haven't been swimming though. You've just been like just walking around. Yeah, in it. I have no, I have no problem being in contact with water. I have no problem touching water or whatever. It's the f- sensation of getting my head underwater. Right. Uh, it's this even when I shower. If I flush my, if I just I mean, for everybody, I guess it's a bit uncomfortable to just splash water into your face, right, directly from the shower head. But I think it's just a little bit extra uncomfortable for me because it just it just triggers something. I think. So if you're in if you're in a pool or the ocean and you're let's say you're like neck deep, you don't have to put your head under. Are you comfortable Mm -hmm. swimming in that in in that way? Uh, or is it still a little bit of, is it literally just putting your head underwater? That's it. I think it's literally just putting my head underwater. I have no problem okay. wading out un- as far as I can without submerging myself completely. Right. Wow. In, in my experience, even, even, yeah, also in the halls. Yeah, no problem. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And like I said, it gives you some perspective on other things, right? Because in a way, maybe this is like relatively harmless compared to what other people can experience with like trauma or panic and stuff like that. Yeah. But it gives you a little bit of insight. Like when you've tried something like that, you can understand why people react the way they do to certain things where for some other people, it just feel like that's that's absurd. Like, how does that make any sense? But like you just you get weird, man, when things happen yeah. like that. It's 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 very eye opening. <laughs> so in a way, that's like the the positive takeaway from that was that I had an experience like that and it wasn't worse than that because, you know, it gives you some perspective. Yeah, on things. that's interesting. That that's yeah. stuck with okay. you a long time, too. That's that's my story. Uh, yeah, it's been how many years has that been now? Fifth, more than fifteen. Yeah, that's it's like I would hope it's almost so. twenty years ago. I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like sixteen, seventeen years, seventeen maybe. Oh, anyway, your turn. Okay, well, mine's gonna suck in comparison because all I could think of was this. Uh, I guess I can add a story in between, but maybe you can answer this question. I have lived. This is something that people may not know about me. I've lived mm-hmm. in three countries before: one for ten years, one for six months. And then the third has been 
for the rest of my adult life thus far. I, the rest of do my you want adult me to guess? Life. Yeah, guessing go ahead. Here? Yeah. Okay, so the longest is the U.S. Yes. Ten years is <clears throat> Saudi Arabia. Yes. And six months is... Man, where would you have lived for six months? I don't think you're going to get this one. I'm almost positive. I'm just, I'm just thinking, okay, time to look up a map. World map. <laughs> I can. Okay. Would it be easier if I give you a region? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can give me a hint. Europe. Oh, you did live in Europe. <laughs> it's only six months, though. You're you're really cultured American. You know, Europe is a region and not a country. That's very yeah. good. <laughs> um. Well, I want. I don't want to narrow down too much for I, I you. Mean, you might even have told me this once, but it's I not probably have. To mind. It's just in passing. Uh, All right, you want me to narrow it down even more to an actual region? Sure. Yeah. Mediterranean area. Okay. Greece? No. Okay. I'll only get one guess. Or Cyprus. Guess. Cyprus? Yeah. So Six here's months. the story. I guess I can do two stories. Okay. So, uh, so I lived in Saudi Arabia for the first 10 years of my life. I was born there, actually. Uh, I'm half Iranian, though. I'm not like... I'm not an... Saudi Arabian, technically. I just lived mm-hmm. there. So I'm half Persian and half American. And when we lived in Saudi Arabia, the you ever heard of the Gulf War, a.k.a. Desert Storm? This was in like 1992 yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to evacuate like all the U.S.-based people in that area just because they didn't know what was going on. Uh, yeah. So we relocated temporarily for six months to Cyprus, where oh. I went to... I went for part of my, I think it was first grade, I want to say, and I apparently picked up an English accent while I was there. That's oh. what my parents tell me. So uh, they almost disowned you then. Something like that. No, that I mean Cyprus. I still consider. I don't know. Every like I went to Croatia last year and uh, the mm-hmm. year after, and it reminds me a lot of Cyprus, which is a very cool place. So. Uh, but random story so from you Saudi said that Arabia. You were like seven. You were seven when you were in Cyprus, and then you came back to Saudi Arabia again after half a year. Yes, correct. Okay. So in Saudi Arabia, if you want to hear a crazy, right? no, a crazy story from Saudi Arabia that just randomly popped in my head. Living there was really interesting because um, everybody that we associated with was English speaking. It was an international school. Uh, most of the people were like Indian, Pakistani, uh, some Americans, but everybody spoke English. Uh, we had a what do they call them? Like a play, a Christmas themed play, which the students, I was just in the crowd watching students yeah. playing like Santa Claus and all these characters, whatever. I don't remember the specifics, but the one I do remember is Santa Claus. Ah, yes. Nothing like <laughs> Santa Claus, the true Christmas spirit. Yes. Yes. You have a problem with Christmas, bro? Best no. holiday. <laughs> Best holiday Santa, EU. Santa, Santa. No, no, no. It's fine. Go on. Which actually is funny because when we were in Cyprus, uh, it was during the Christmas time as well. Uh, not to hijack my own story, but Santa Claus is the first skinny Santa Claus I ever saw. That's when I started questioning. Wait, Santa Claus? Wait, what? How is he skinny here? I don't understand. <laughs> Makes no sense. I couldn't couldn't process. Anyway, back to the, the play in Saudi Arabia. Uh, during the play, something really scary happened. The doors of the auditorium like burst open and these guys with guns... They're called the Matawas. Have you ever heard that before? Matawa? No. They're like these... Apparently, they're not in power anymore, which is great. But back then, they they had a little bit of power. They're like considered the religious police, okay? 
They have they always oh have like these really long beards and they carry around literal AK forty sevens. They burst in uh-huh. and they object to the fact that we're doing a Christmas theme play because obviously it's a, oh, I like we should they were gonna abduct Santa. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad. They object to the fact that it's Christmas themed and uh, that it's during prayer call and all that stuff. That we should have the lights off and all that garbage. They go up to the stage and they literally pick the kid up by his collar like this in the air. And all the parents get outraged and they start standing up and a couple of them get into fights. I remember being like very terrified as a, how old was I? Maybe like eight, eight or nine years old or something like that. Yeah, that's, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, living in Saudi Arabia, it was, I mean, as... Wait, so why did they do it? I, well, I told you why. They objected to the fact that it was a Christmas themed play. Oh, they object. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. So there's thought, five prayer calls a day in Saudi Arabia. Okay, it's a very Muslim mm-hmm. country, obviously. So during prayer calls, which is just fucking constantly, but it's so annoying living there. Uh, but you hear the prayer call constantly, and you're supposed to turn off the lights, and you're not supposed to interact with people. Like if even if you're not a Muslim, you're not supposed to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like the shops are not allowed to be open. So a lot of times we'd be at like a Chinese restaurant eating. And they turn off the lights and we just continue to eat <laughs> in silence. Like they, even though we weren't allowed to eat technically during that time, they wouldn't really, they'd assume that the store was closed, right? The restaurant Wait, so how was long does this prayer call last? Uh, it's like 10 or 15 minutes, five times a day. It's brutal, okay. man. And you can hear it everywhere. And I remember yeah. just these memories are flooding to me now. It was one time it was so funny. This, because the prayer call is always the same thing. It's like, Allah, uh, Akbar. Allah, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't speak much Arabic anymore, but back then I did, uh, a little bit at least. And one time the guy had a horrible cold, and I oh. could not, I could not stop laughing because it was. This is literally how it sounded. Allah, and he's just spitting loogies constantly, and you can hear it for miles. You can hear that shit for miles. It's like the guy has like bronchitis or something, and he's still still doing prayer curls. So that that was pretty funny. So that's uh. That's some of my Saudi Arabian experience. But I I wish I could... Apparently, I'm not allowed to visit. I don't know if that's changed. But when I turned 18, I got to choose between being a U.S. citizen and a Saudi Arabian citizen. Oh, you couldn't have dual citizenship. No. And I chose U.S., obviously. But I would love... Maybe not now, but I would at some point love in my lifetime to visit again because I do have a lot of fond memories of that place. Okay. Do you so, think? Do you think? So, when was the yes. last time you were in Saudi Arabia? Ten, ten years old. So, uh, ninety-five. Do you think? I mean, I don't know how much you've like kept up with this. Do you think it's very different from how it was back then? Twenty-five years is quite a long time, right? It's do you feel a little like bit... if you visit, you will be disappointed or excited? What do you think? Oh God! If I you don't were know. to, I'd, I mean, I'd if you be, thought you would be disappointed, you wouldn't go. I guess but. I'd be scared right now. But uh, okay. I heard this was a few years back. I heard that in our old school there was a pipe bomb explosion or something like that. So, <clears throat> the Middle East is pretty scary for me, uh, especially since uh-huh. I, I, uh, well, that's another story. Anyway, moving on to uh, the actually, last no, thing. No, I have one more question. I'm really interested Please. in this because no. it's something that's oh, so far for me. Um, do you think? So if you're like, um, how do I explain this? If you visit Saudi Arabia, you will still be, you know, a foreigner. Do you think coming back after 25 years puts you in a better position than someone who's just a complete tourist that's never been there before in terms of like how people perceive you and receive you? Is it a good thing being returning 
are you seen as someone who left the country who was you know like no i, did, like I don't they think left down on care. that no i i never felt it guys it's actually so hard to remember some of the details but i remember like a certain segment like the kids the saudi kids they didn't like us foreigners they would mm-hmm. they would have games where they would literally throw rocks at us that was their favorite pastime in terms oh, of like the adults, I don't, I don't, I couldn't say. I didn't really know many adults. We had a couple of good friends that were Saudis, um, but you know they have a lot of problems in that country, and so much of it is ignored because of the oil, right? The U.S. always gets a lot of oil yeah. from them, but I, yeah. it's gotten slightly better. Like I think women are allowed to drive now, for example, which is great. But it's been like ba- this is not a joke. Back then, you weren't allowed to drive if you were a woman, but. This is not an exaggeration. Sometimes you would see 10-year-old boys driving. 10-year-old boys. Okay. <laughs> they could barely even yeah. see over the steering wheel. It's insane. It's actually insane. But Okay. <clears throat> it's another world. I'll just say that. Oh, All right, so I could drive a bike when I was 10. Yeah, so. congratulations. Just a little bit of an upgrade. It's not but, that But you could barely swim. So, it kind of Kind of it's true, that. but I also wouldn't plan on driving into the water. Yes. No. On a bike or a car. Yeah. Okay, last thing. Moving on. Random question of the week, which if that wasn't a random one, this will be even more so. I don't know how to phrase this without <clears throat> um, affecting your answer, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay. How do you think the world will end? And I mean this in terms of, do you think that we will expand the human race, that is, expand to other planets, solar systems, or will we not get that far? Ever? So when you say the world will end, you mean the end of humanity yes, or not, the end of Earth? No, not yet. Yeah, sorry, I should have rephrased. The, hu- the human civilization, human race. Okay. How will human civilization end? Mm. I, th- I feel like we will be able to expand. I think that will happen. Mm-hmm. But if we don't, I think the most likely reason we don't expand is that we destroyed our environment. I think that's the most likely cause for our extinction if it isn't like it, w- it will be self-caused. Okay, that's my that's my point here is if the if the earth gets destroyed or we ex- we get become extinct before we travel to another planet or somewhere else, it will be because we have completely destroyed nature um yeah but i i personally have a positive outlook that especially when it becomes apparent enough we're we're getting there okay there's a lot more um how to say there's a lot more push for environmental change now than there was 10 years ago at least in terms of uh, voter in terms of voters for example in in europe the green parties are exploding with voting Uh, there are so many people that make that the number one case like mainly young people right so our generation uh, will obviously in 20 years we will be you know we will the next generation will come about or however you want to look at it and if they get raised by us it will become a way more of a key talking point over the next 20 years than it has in the past 20 and then the question is just if it's i don't think that will be too late i think it can still be solved if people start taking it seriously and that's slowly what's starting uh it's kind of exploding in terms of how much attention it gets, but we'll see how fast the solutions come about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic that we'll do that and then we'll expand. So, well, okay. what, how will we end then? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a bit... If we do manage to get to other places in the universe, the, it's like 
it's like imagine it's totally imagination it's like limitless right you could technically go anywhere then. so I, i'm trying to remember the the thresholds it's solar system then it's galaxy then it's universe right correct in terms of so i based on the as far as i know and this is not much but based on what i've read uh, on the current ideas that are out there it is not possible to get to other galaxies because we are constantly moving at a speed of light away from everything else so mm -hmm. it's only possible to visit right now, in theory, places in the solar system. Uh, it, wait, just the solar system? Is that right? I can't remember. Whatever the next threshold, it might be that one as well. Galaxy? Um, yeah, it might be galaxy. So universe. Yeah, I, don't think I, don't galaxies, think. I don't think that moves at the speed of light. The universe expands at the speed of light, right? But yeah, I think you can still move within the galaxy. With, I, I probably butchered yeah, that, but you know what I'm trying to say. So what yeah, I yeah, think yeah, will I happen, number one, I actually think... I was thinking less about the environmental issues. I think we're going to nuke each other. I was thinking that too as a possibility. I think uh, that's how we all die. But I honestly. don't I don't think that will kill everyone. Cuz I mean it is theoretically possible, right? I mean you you go ahead and finish first your thoughts. No, that's that's a good point. It it could just wipe out like 95% of people in theory, yes. right? And and then the world some doesn't people underground. End, right? right. Okay. Um, so all right, so that's one aspect that I was thinking of, which is very possible. Mm -hmm. It is very The possible. other one, which this one I feel like, let's say that we're not just going to kill each other. This is how I feel, and this is going to sound very sci-fi, and I know people, <laughs> I don't know if the reaction is going to be. I actually think that this is inevitable, is going to happen, that okay. humans will at some point be replaced by robots, AI. I think that's going to happen. Completely. At so that some will be point, the end of the human race then? Yes. I think that's like, I'm not talking about in the next like 50, 100 years. I don't know how long it would take. Because, first and foremost, to expand to other planets, you're going to need AI. You're going to need these robots to actually be doing all the shit for you. Right. And at some point, now, I do think at some point that we will try to make like hybrids. Right. Where they're already doing some small things uh, where you essentially combining humans with AI. Right. You're putting yeah. like stuff in your body. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more stuff that's going to be coming out in the future as AI is actually becoming more of a thing now. But eventually, I feel like that's just going to progress. Like, what? Why is a human? To put it this way, Cinderin, if AI can get to a point where it surpasses humans, why? Yeah. What's the point of being a human then? If you can just be AI, you know what I mean? Does that make well, sense yeah, to if, you? If if the AI has all of the human qualities in addition it's just better. to something else. Right. It's just yeah, better well, in every way. It's, it's basically evolution then, right? Kind that's, of. So that's what I wanted like, to bring up. Do you consider that evolution? Because it's no, it's no longer us mm, technically when it's just AI, right? It kind of, it's, a bit it's a bit difficult to answer because it depends on how you do it, right? Like let's say, for example, now if you compare humans now to humans... X mil like long time ago, however long you want to go back, there's obviously been some evolution just based on and like what environment you're in, you accustom yourself to whatever, you know, this it's kind of like selection that ends up happening. So if you consider AI implementation and using humans as a part of AI as uh as a natural selection in a way, right? Then mm -hmm. it is technically an evolution of the human race. But if the two are completely separate, we like program them. And give them human qualities, but there's no like actual humanity in it. That it's like it's kind of philosophical, right? It that's is. That's not. 
It's not a black like, and white it, thing. It kind of depends. Sure. It depends on if you're talking about evolution in general or natural evolution, right? Because the natural evolution is brought about by some sort of development with the human race. Uh, but you could, you know, you're basically, if the AI is a better version of you, it is an evolution of you, right? It's just not a natural one. Yeah. If that makes it, sense. So it would never I mean, be a natural evolution ever, <clears throat> right? We're talking about something just replacing us, essentially. Mm-hmm. And there'd be no point in is, us in general. That's entirely possible. Okay, rate and order. Now I'm curious. Rate yes. and order of likelihood, in your opinion. What is more likely to happen? Uh, we wipe ourselves out because of bad use of the environment. We wipe ourselves out with uh, AI. Or we nuke the Earth. Not necessarily that everybody dies, but a vast right. majority I think of the population. I would say... Wait. All right. So there's the nuke, there's the environment, and then what is the third one? The robot, AI, AI, AI taking yeah. over the world? Yeah. So it's weird to answer likely? that question because I think the AI thing is inevitable, but will we get that far? Will we not kill ourselves by then, right? So then it's... Yeah, what do you think is more likely to happen? Because that won't happen if we destroy the Earth environment first, right? Then we will never okay. have the AI. So then I'd it's say not the, even inevitable. The most likely thing that would happen is we, like, weaponry kill ourselves. Nukes, I think, okay. number one. Number two, so that's a tough one because the environment thing, it, it's, it's hard to gauge how fast that will happen and how irreversible it will be mm-hmm. and how if it will actually kill everyone or just like a mass, like the nukes idea. Uh-huh. So I guess I'd put that at number two, the environment. Okay. And the robots at three. <laughs> what about you? Okay. Like I call them robots. I don't know. Yeah, the, the thing about the thing that's tricky for me about the nuke is that it feels like, you know, the mindset that you need to be in for that to happen is almost unfathomable. But then I think about what else is happening in the world and it doesn't seem that impossible after <clears throat> all. It's more like basically what's keeping in a way what's keeping the world together in terms of this nuke stuff is that, well, if you throw a nuke at some other country, they have they will detect it and they can fire one back. Right. So, you know, there's going to be massive problems for your own country. You can't just like nuke someone else and be fine. And if you want to nuke everything, you also nuke yourself. So then you would wipe out your desire should be to wipe out all of civilization, basically, including your own, which is kind of well, insane, right? Like when I say <clears throat> it could be nukes, it could be a virus, right? We didn't talk about oh, that possibility. True. That is true. Because that, that might be even possible. more likely than the nukes, honestly, because that could be more widespread easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be actually maybe number one now that I think about it. Because yeah. we're getting could, to the point I where... definitely see that too. Like think of uh, the movie. I know it's based off of movies, but 12 Monkeys. That scenario is actually super possible. Movie. So some guy with a briefcase, <clears throat> well, let me preface this by saying that uh, this will be a spoiler for a movie that is 25 years old. But okay. uh, the idea is, is time travel, which I'm not saying that's possible, but that's part of the movie. But essentially mm-hmm. the idea is that some guy with a suitcase full of a very deadly virus goes to an airport, opens it, and infects people that are just going all across the world. And they don't become, they don't show symptoms until later. So they've already spread it everywhere. Right. Which I'm yeah. sure there's a bunch of movies like Pandemic and stuff like that. That's a board game, yeah. actually. But same concept. Yeah. <coughs> That's probably the most likely thing, actually. Okay. <coughs> Yeah, because you well, can reverse you engineer rate, this. If stuff. you ask me to rate, I, I honestly, I feel like the environment is more likely than the nukes, personally. <clears throat> okay. I, because the nukes needs to be like to even get to that point where you want to destroy. Like, if you want to let that thing break out, you know that you're losing everything yourself as well. I don't think there's going to be a nuclear war where whoever starts it doesn't get obliterated. 
I, I just I don't see that being like okay. it's it's hard to imagine. Um, so if like for that to happen, it it just seems like even if you can imagine it, it seems so far from something that will happen compared mm. to the environment where you look at data for what has what has happened over the last ten, twenty, hundred years. You clearly see the patterns of what is like where it's going. And then it's about, well, what forces in politics or whatever get to have the say. And if like if uh, if we don't pay enough attention to it, that is at least something that seems possible that we reach a state where it's like we're in denial long enough or don't make a big enough deal out of it until it reaches critical mass. And then it's too late. You know, that's what that seems possible. Right. No, I understand uh, your point to me. <clears throat> so so that's yeah. number one for me. And I think the AI for me is also. AI taking over the world is less likely for me than the nukes, to be honest. I think that would be the last I think the AI taking over the world is more of a gradual. I, I'm not thinking like, oh, one day there's a sentient AI that can just take over everything. It's more of a gradual process where mm -hmm. we start integrating more to our lives. It's like over hundreds of years, potentially. And eventually it's going to get to a point where, you know, I don't know. Maybe Dude, I'm crazy. I love when this podcast, I, I love this man. We just, yeah, so in tug of war, RNG 130. <laughs> How do you think the world will end? <laughs> I don't know. I like talking about this random stuff, you know? And oh, I wrote I down something it, for next it's week just, that I so definitely want to discuss. Uh, uh -huh. So it should be fun. Okay. So unless you have anything else, I think we can wrap this thing up, Cinderella. Uh I mean, in conclusion, I just, I'm happy for, I'm happy for RNG, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good. No, good stuff. Good stuff. I, I, I don't have much else. That was a good talk. Good job, everyone. Yeah, great job, everyone. Thanks Stay for participating. Make sure to send us suggestions on topics. Like, you don't even have to send us, you know, the normal topics about Dota or whatever games. It can be random philosophical questions, for example. And you can, I can look like the idiot and Senator can look like the smart guy. And that's how this entire podcast works. So anyway, thanks for watching. It doesn't matter what you ask for, then. Anything is fine. Okay, it good. Just ask us like anything. Leave questions. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Till next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye.